Hey, 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 welcome to the Badly Branded Podcast. I'm your host, Beulah Marie, and today's episode is poised to be a quick one, which I'm sure will be a welcome relief after some lengthier episodes as of late. Um, first, I wanted to take a second and plug one, one of those uh, previous episodes called Sweet Relief, Music as Medicine, um, primarily because I do discuss a fundraiser that I'm doing in that um, episode uh, and also in the accompanying blog post of the same name. So um, the fundraiser I'm doing is for the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, which benefits career musicians who are facing illness, injury, age-related issues, or disability. And it combines uh, two of my greatest passions, uh, which would be health and wellness and also music and the arts. So um, if you feel called to do so, please donate to my fundraiser for the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund. You can access that fundraiser through my Facebook, Instagram, Linktree, or from the blog post uh, on my blog, abshuck.blog, entitled Sweet Relief and Music as Medicine. Um, in that blog and the episode that I did about it, I talk about how music and writing and concerts have helped me cope with everything from broken career dreams to grief and loss to childhood illness, joint replacements, brain surgery, facial paralysis, and more. Um, so please take a listen. If you have time, if you don't feel like listening, check out the blog post. Um, if you want to learn more about the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, reach out to me. I'm happy to catch you uh, up on you know what all that is and what all that entails. And if you have any questions or comments or feedback about my story or you want to know um, anything about any of the medical conditions that I mention or any of my adventures, um, in uh, industries and roles adjacent to the entertainment industry and music, uh, let me know. I'm an open book and I'm happy to talk with you about any of those things. So um, yeah, shameless plug going out right there. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about briefly was I am so excited about the Hold Me Closer song that's coming out um, with Britney Spears and Elton John. I mentioned it in a recent episode. Um, it is a take on or a remix of or mashup of Tiny Dancer, Elton John's famous song. I think that's a wonderful fit given Britney's affinity for dancing, her history as a dancer going back to childhood, uh, her similarities um, with Elton John and some other artists in terms of you know how they came up and the magnitude of their fame and all of that. Um, and I think he's a good person to welcome her back into the fold. Um, really excited. We thought it was going to maybe come out on August 19th. It didn't. It seems like it's going to drop this week. So um, at midnight on August 26th. So a week later than we thought. Uh, it seems like Elton John has officially confirmed it. There have been a lot of rumblings going on about it across the internet and social media. Um, it was leaked, or at least allegedly a portion of it was leaked last week or over the weekend. I, for one, heard a very quick snippet, not intentionally. I wasn't seeking it out, um, you know, 
Uh, I know artists sometimes leak their music themselves. Britney has done that before. Um, she has, uh, you know, uh, gone to a radio station and played a demo from her original doll album that never saw the light of day. Um, so she's no stranger to leaking music. However, I don't know that this was an orchestrated leak um, from the label or from Britney or Elton. So I did not want to support it. I will be happy to pre-save the song, to download it, to stream it, to purchase, um, you know, but I, I didn't want to support the leak, even though I'm so excited to hear it. I didn't want to hear it in that way. So uh, I have not listened to the full leak. I don't even know if it's still floating around out there. I don't encourage it. Um, I think everyone should wait until it's officially released. Um, you know, Brittany has been taken advantage of enough. She's been exploited enough. She's suffered enough. She's been stolen from enough. We don't need to contribute to any malfeasance. And I just think since it's her, like give her the respect of waiting and go through the proper channels. That's just my personal opinion. That said, the very quick, like 10 second snippet that I happened to stumble upon accidentally, amazing. She sounds great. He sounds great. Um, their voices together sound good. It seems like it's going to be a fun version of Tiny Dancer. Um, so if you're able to pre-save that on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, iTunes, whatever, go ahead and do so. It's called Hold Me Closer by Elton John and Britney Spears. Very excited for it. Um, and uh, as usual, there's a lot of uh, drama going on with her and uh, the family and KFED and all of that. Um, something I was like little excited about actually was um, an, an article that came out. Um, I believe it was page six and it was talking about how like, hey, you know, Brittany is free now, but now we have to do the work to get her the justice she deserves. Um, and so it does talk a little bit about the justice for Britney movement, which kind of overlaps with, but is different from the free Britney movement. Now, you know, you can go back and forth about how free she currently is, whether or not she is really currently free. I lean towards the side of her being currently free, but still having some restrictions. Um, and I don't know if it's our business you know, to dig into that too much. She seems happy and empowered. If that's the case, then great. Um, but yeah, so uh, I do, you know, that being said, I do believe there is still some justice to be had on her behalf. Um, and so this page six, six articles by someone named Nicholas Hotman, Nicholas Hotman, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing his last name incorrectly, but it was posted on August 18th of 2022. It's called Justice for Britney Inside Spears Post-Conservatorship Fight. Um, and it kind of talks about the work that her lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, has been doing. Um, it's been talking about the role that, like, her husband Sam uh, Ashgari has played in her life. Um, it kind of talks about how there's just still work to be done, um, you know, regarding some of the legality, um, some of the financial aspects. Um, you know, there's some issues there still with like maybe illegal surveillance or illegal recordings. Um, there's, you know, money issues that kind of, um, I think we've only seen and heard about the tip of the iceberg there. 
um, some extortion maybe, um, some fraud maybe, um, some money laundering maybe. You know, we all have heard all of that stuff. It's all alleged, you know, but, you know, do with that what you will. Um, There's long been people who have said that Britney was essentially a victim of human trafficking and that people were making money off of her back and her hard work and that there may have been some scandalous things going on there. So we don't know. We do know she was controlled and silenced for many years, for over a decade, you know, and that a lot of her rights were stripped away. Her personhood under the law was was stripped away. Um, Definitely a human rights and a civil rights issue, a disability rights issue. So, you know, I say great if she's free, but also great if they are still trying to get justice for her um, to kind of complement or back up that freedom. Um, The Page Six article and some other things I've seen online um, have also mentioned her upcoming memoir. Now, we have no idea when that release date might be. As I said, it got pushed back. Um, it got delayed probably um, for reasons beyond what we even know. They cited a paper shortage and that because of logistics and supply chain issues that, you know, they didn't think that they would be able to keep up with the supply and demand. Um, they thought Brittany was going to sell so many copies of the book that there just literally wouldn't be enough paper. Um, That was the story that was peddled. I do believe that's a thing and that's part of it. But I said in a podcast weeks ago that I also felt like maybe there was a lot of unpacking they had to do in her words and that they had to go through a lot of it, fact check a lot of things, get lawyers involved. There's a lot of potential legal ramifications of her upcoming memoir. And so I think that's a part of it too. Um, Now, in the page six article that I cited, uh, you know, they mentioned this $15 million contract with Simon & Schuster, which is one of the very biggest publishing deals in history, which is pretty amazing. Um, Allegedly, Britney Spears has finished her book. um, And a quote in this article says that a friend of hers told page six Wait till her memoir comes out. Britney's been through a lot more heartbreaking shit than she's ever let on. She worked so hard on the book, but it wasn't easy. A lot of old wounds reopened throughout the process, but it was also incredibly therapeutic. It's going to be a juicy and eye-opening read. So that's a pretty bombastic claim and also fairly exciting. Um, there was another thing that AbsoluteBritney.com posted in their Instagram stories. And I got to be honest, I don't know where the original source came from. And so I cannot share with you a citation of who said this or to what publication. So I don't have a source. Um, it looks like a screenshot that would be out of like a People magazine or an Us Weekly or something. I don't know. Um But basically, you know, in the caption, they say Britney's book's going to be nuclear. Her team and publisher are covering all their bases before releasing it, you know, talking about the legal aspects and the legal ramifications. But in the little snippet that they shared, there was like a caption on that as well. And that caption says, Britney Spears' upcoming memoir is already shaping up to be an explosive read. Some of the names Britney writes about are huge. 
And the allegations are absolutely nuclear, so much so that the 40-year-old star's team is covering all their bases before releasing it for public consumption. The publisher is clearing everything through legal, and it's taking longer than expected, confides the source. Still, the source promises it'll be worth the wait. The memoir is so open and honest Brittany is no holds barred about her family and everyone she's worked with throughout her career. So that's interesting. Um, I'm very curious what some of the names are that she mentions. Like, is she going to name drop Justin Timberlake? Is she going to talk about her mom, her dad, her sister, people at Disney, um, other female celebrities that were her contemporaries at the time, you know, like Christina Aguilera, for example, um, is she going to talk about Lou Taylor? Is she going to talk about Larry Rudolph? Is she going to talk about her previous lawyers or previous conservators? Is she going to talk about like Kim Kardashian, who purported back in the day to be a friend, but then has not spoken out about Free Britney despite her involvement in things relating to legality and law and, you know, human rights. Kim usually speaks out about that type of stuff. She's been silent on Britney. Why? Well, maybe because her family and her work with Lou Taylor and Lou Taylor's company. So, you know, that's all alleged, but it's interesting. Uh, I'm curious what names Brittany's going to drop. We know she's had beef with a lot of people, um, and we know a lot of people hurt her. I suspect a lot of the names that she'll name will be family members and then people like Lou Taylor and maybe Larry Rudolph. Um, I don't know if she'll go in on like a Justin Timberlake or a Christina Aguilera um, or whoever, you know, but I'm very curious to see where it all goes. Um, I don't think she's going to speak ill of her children or anything like that, but she might have some words to say about Kevin Federline because don't we all? Um, so I'm real curious how that's going to go. Some people have speculated she might call out Ellen, you know, Ellen DeGeneres on a couple things. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I w I'll wonder too if she speaks at all about her friendship with um, Mario Lopez and like, you know, what that looks like because people have been mad at him before for kind of seeming like he hasn't really spoken out or he's been on the side of like the conservatorship or whatever. Same kind of thing has, has been said about like Lance Bass, um, you know, but there's also a lot of female celebrities who have supported her. I'd be curious if she speaks about those ones, you know, the female celebrities that have kind of been on her side, like Miley Cyrus. Um, I want to hear about, you know, her thoughts on Madonna and Selena Gomez since they were at her wedding. Um, I really want to hear on her, uh, hear her thoughts about Lady Gaga, you know, or Beyonce. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, it's interesting too, to me that Taylor Swift has never spoken out about the free Britney movement because she's been so vocal about, you know, issues related to feminism and also issues relating to empowerment within the music industry, owning the rights to your music, controlling your art and your music and your life. And so it seems like the whole Free Britney debacle and justice for Britney would be kind of up at her alley, up Taylor's alley to speak about. But she really has not addressed it to my knowledge. So, you know, I'm getting a little off topic here, but I'm just going to be curious who all and what all 
Brittany mentions or references or what kind of information she's going to divulge. I'm very excited. I don't think I've ever been so excited for a book um, and for an artist's comeback. And I just hope that the comeback is on her own terms. If she does a tell-all interview, I want it to be on her terms. If she releases music other than or aside from this Elton John song, if she's doing an album or whatever, there's you know rumors about that floating out there. I hope it's all on her own terms. I want to see her in charge of her life, in charge of her career, making her own money that benefits her and other people are not siphoning or vulturing or whatever. Like Britney deserves to be whoever and whatever she wants to be at this point and she deserves to do what she wants to do and live on her own terms. Um, I've never denied that possibly there's some mental health issues going on there or whatever, but if that's the case, that still doesn't warrant her money being taken from her, her rights being stripped away, or her needing to be in this conservatorship that was as controlling as it was. Even if anyone thinks a conservatorship was warranted, this was borderline abusive, allegedly. So, you know, I'm glad that she seems to be free, and I hope that she gets the justice she deserves. And I'm excited for the song in the book. <laughs> um, I also wanted to touch on um, Harry Styles really quickly because hello, it's Harry Styles. I always want to talk about him. Um, but yeah, he, as usual, is being accused of queer baiting again. Um, for those of you who don't like know or understand what queer baiting is, um, it's sort of like, I don't know, it's hard to explain sometimes, but like, for example, Stranger Things and Thor have both been accused of being queer baiting. It's almost a marketing technique. Um, it's kind of a bait and switch kind of thing. Um, it's manipulative. Basically, they use perceived or potential queerness for publicity. Um, I don't know how else to explain it other than that but it's like an attempt to lure let me actually find an ex uh, a, a quote that's better um so cosmopolitan cosmopolitan magazine they say that um you know queer baiting is confusing and uh they've actually accused taylor swift of it before um they've like accused Ariana Grande of it before. Um, they basically say that it's luring LGBTQ fans um, based on queerness or queer undertones. It's almost like a type of gaslighting. It's kind of a thing of like, hey, this person might be gay or this storyline might be gay, and then it's not. Um, just to get people in that community to watch. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it is, you know, um, there's a fine line there because like we want queerness to be normalized. We want the LGBTQ community to have representation and see themselves in art and in media. We want to see positive portrayals, realistic portrayals of queer people on TV, in music, in movies, and all of that. Um, 
but it's like the bait and switch component that people don't like. So people have been saying that Harry Styles is a queer baiter, like is he or is he not in terms of his sexuality? Um, people always are trying to figure out, is he gay? Is he straight? Is he bi? Is he gender fluid? Is he non-binary? Is he whatever, you know? And um, I have a slightly different take on the queer baiting thing when it comes specifically to Harry Styles. I can see why people thought Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down video was a little bit of queer baiting. But with Harry, I view it a little differently. And I'm not in that community, so I don't really have a right to speak on it other than using my perspective as that of an ally. Um, but for me, Harry Styles, he's always been fluid. He's always embraced all sides of himself. He has always been his own unique person that has sort of for a very long time skewed non-binary or skewed fluid. Um, I don't know if he is gay, straight, bi. I don't care what he is. He's always been an ally. He's always supported the LGBTQIA community. I don't think he is taking part in damaging messaging or using tropes. You know, I just think that's authentically who he is. And I think, you know, him wearing a dress or whatever is genuine. I don't feel like it's put on. I don't feel like he's doing it for likes or clicks or listens or views or ticket sales. I just feel like that is Harry Styles. Um, I could be wrong, right? I think it's probably both. I feel like that is who he is genuinely and for real. But then, you know, is his marketing team maybe capitalizing upon it or isolating that part of him a little bit or playing it up a little bit? Maybe. Um, is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. Um, I feel like there's a lot of musicians and celebrities who play up certain parts of themselves and their personalities for the public. And it's kind of a persona or like a heightened version of themselves. And I think that's acceptable. I think that's the industry. I think that's the gig. You know, that's the game. Um, but I don't think Harry is doing it in a way that is untrue or disingenuine or inauthentic to himself. I don't think he is, you know, doing it in any nefarious or malicious or malfeasant kind of way, if that makes sense. Like, that's Harry. That's just, he's a fluid person. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know how he identifies or who he loves for certain, but I don't care. You know, um, whatever he wants to do and be and whoever he wants to love, that's cool with me. I don't think Harry Styles is queer reading. But please, if I'm wrong, please educate me. Um, because, you know, it's not my place to speak on it, right? Uh, and I can acknowledge that and I'm aware of that. So if you have better insight on it than I do, I would love to hear your take if you do think Harry Styles is queer baiting. I just don't know and I don't see it with him. I see it in other examples that people provide. Like I see how the Sex in the City reboot, it's called um, And Just Like That on HBO. I see how And Just Like That was queer rating. You know, I see how Taylor Swift, I, I don't know if she was or was not, but I understand why people thought she was queer baiting. And I, so I do see it. I see it in other examples. It makes sense to me. 
Um, but then there's certain shows or singers or other examples of different celebrities, you know, that are accused of this that I don't agree with as much. Like, I don't know that I personally agree with the Harry Styles one, and that's just my personal opinion. I also feel the same about the show The Bold Type. I actually think The Bold Type positively represents queerness and um, a whole spectrum of LGBTQIA elements and storylines and does it in a way that, you know, while it may be a little bit of heightened reality just because every show with young people living in New York City is, um, to me, that show doesn't seem queer baby. But again, I could be wrong. I acknowledge I could be wrong. I want to learn. I want to do better. If I am wrong, tell me. Um, but also personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. Um, what else? Uh, I guess this episode is actually longer than I intended it to be, but I do want to speak on just one or two quick things before we go. Um, it should be pretty brief. One is, um, you know, something I've been really hyper aware of in recent months and really over the last year or two has been the unfortunate stigma surrounding any type of mental health issue or any type of neurodivergence. And I just want to state for the record that I see that stigma and I don't like it. I have no ideas on how to remedy or rectify it. Um, I don't know how we can collectively persuade the public to do better when it comes to mental health and mental illness and neurodivergence and all of these things. I don't know what the answer is, but I do see the stigma and the stigma bothers me. Um, I don't know why it's frowned upon for people to discuss their mental health, but not their physical health. I don't understand why some types of illnesses are believed and others are not. Um, and I don't like that certain illnesses, specifically mental emotional conditions, are viewed as some kind of weakness or some some type of a, you know, scarlet letter or some kind of, you know, blemish on society or on a family or what have you. Um, and I don't have a solution other than to openly talk about it. And so if you hear me mention any issues relating to mental health, emotional wellness, neurodivergence, any of that, if you hear me mention any of that on this podcast, it's not for sympathy or pity or to justify anything or to make anybody feel bad. It's genuinely to lift it up and to put some sunlight on the issue um, to try to disinfect some of that stigma that's carried along with anything relating to that whole sphere. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I'm just saying that for the sake of letting other people know that I see you. And, you know, if you feel some type of way about the stigma, that's valid. And to also let you know that, like, you're not alone in navigating any of those things. Don't ever let anybody make you feel less than because of it. Don't ever let anybody make you feel like you have to do it alone because you don't. And if you want to talk to somebody about any of it, reach out to me. I'm here. Um, so, yeah, 
that all being said, um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is just kind of a quick gripe, and that is this. I may have mentioned this before, but I feel like female fans of music, particularly rock music or male artists, are treated differently than others. Speaking of stigma, I feel like there's a stigma there. I feel like females are looked at as groupies or fangirls or just like they have a crush on this artist or whatever, and they couldn't possibly be interested in the music or in the art or in the inner workings of that person's brain and where they're coming from, from a songwriting perspective. I say that because I have felt that way before in certain fan communities, uh, amongst certain fans, amongst certain artists. Um, there's others that are great, you know, uh, with fans of any gender, but you know, as women, we do navigate different hurdles and challenges that sometimes men do not. And you wouldn't think of being part of a fan community or a fan base would be included in that or being a fan of certain genres of music or certain types of artists would be included in that. But it, it is, um, women are still unfortunately treated differently and sometimes looked down on, um, as being silly or, you know, again, little fangirls or groupies. And I hate those terms. I think we have to work to erase that stigma as well. And this is coming from a fangirl. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all I have for you today. Apologies that it did end up being a little longer than I thought, but we're going to keep it under 30 minutes. So <laughs> have a good one. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.